When we started the Gutology project, we had all these ideas about what we wanted to do. We wanted to, you know, primarily share information in a really digestible way about functional medicine and gut health. And we got some amazing writers on board that we trusted to, to create some amazing articles online. And at the time, we also said, like, oh, wouldn't it be amazing if we could make the supplements that we would take? You know, stuff without any artificial fillers, no bulking agents in it. And it's really strange now that we're there and we're launching them. In some ways, the three years that this project's been alive has felt like a really long time. And in others, it just has flown past in a way. So... Right now at gutology.co.uk, we've just launched our first couple of supplements. The first one is called Sleep Complex. It's an amazing mix of like Montmorency cherries, which contain a natural source of melatonin, uh, which is the hormone that supports sleep. It's got magnesium, L-glycine. Our gutologists and practitioners formulated it, you know, to be naturally sweetened with inulin, which is a prebiotic that's good for your gut. It's just really well thought out. Uh, My girlfriend and I are taking this every night at the moment, and it's like luminous bright pink from the cherries. It's really delicious. And if you type in the code podcast at checkout, we'll just give you 20% off. And that's just for podcast listeners at the moment. And we've also done a digestive enzyme, uh, which is a really nice balance. It's got some HCL in there to boost your stomach acid, but it's got a really nice complex of digestive enzymes like bromelain from pineapples and papain. And we've also put some ginger root in there to be really soothing at the same time. And again, at checkout, if you type in the code podcast, it will give you 20% off. And that's just for podcast listeners as a thank you really for being on this journey with us Um, to our US and Australian listeners it's only available in the UK at the moment we are working on that but of course you can still access um, access our gutologists via the free chat service so stick with us on that one right on with the show Welcome to the Gutology Podcast. It is episode three. We think, to be honest, I don't think I don't think it matters too much anymore. I think everyone's giving each other so much slack right now. If this happens to be episode four and it's actually episode three, people will forgive us. They will. <laughs> Julia's trying to homeschool her children uh, while um, we're all living in captivity. So we are doing our best right now. And we're here. If it's your first time listening to the podcast, uh, you may want to go back to season one uh, where we kind of did the fundamentals uh, of understanding your gut health. If it's your first time, uh, my name's Ollie. Um, I'm a, I'm a, a podcaster, really. Uh, Julia is a, a certified functional medicine practitioner. She's also a senior lecturer as well. Um, and um, this series, we're taking a bit of a focus around the immune system. Really, really interesting today because we're going to look into something that I don't think is talking is spoken about a huge amount. We're going to be talking about barriers of uh, the body, and I think that's probably very topical right now with everything that's going on. So, firstly, today, Julia, just give us an overview. When we talk about barriers of the body, I know people are thinking about like this idea of you know uh, a barrier being something physical. And maybe, you know, maybe right at the front of the nose or something like that. But we're kind of talking a bit more than that. Yeah. So um, if you I think I think it's a really interesting thing to discuss today because everyone's wearing masks at the moment. Everywhere in the world, people are wearing masks. And that that is a barrier, isn't it? It's a barrier for what you're breathing out and to a degree what you're breathing in as well. So 
Um, you know, what would be really interesting to discuss is going through the the barriers of the body and what we inherently have as our defences against anything going on in the environment. So it's all about the mucous membrane. And this is in, it covers all of our body. So our skin is obviously our outer covering, but um, inside, like in our digestive tract, it's still effectively, it's like a huge interface with the outside world, isn't it? So, you know, we, we, you know, we're eating, we're drinking, it's exposed radically to the environment. So it's up to the membrane that then is what, what decides what crosses into the body or what remains external. So if you think of the gastrointestinal tract as an external thing, it's an external part of the body. So it's covered then with this mucous membrane lining. You've got a similar sort of mucous membrane in the lungs and in the nasal cavities and in the sinuses, um, in the bladder, um, the genitourinary tracts, it's all got mucous membrane uh, covering it. So when things are going well, like everything, it's not really something that we think about. But when they're not working properly, I'm assuming this is where we see things like um, dental issues, recurrent sinus infections, UTIs, things like that. Yeah. So um, if you have so yeah, sinusitis, like recurrent urinary tract infections, gut disorders, any kind of gut disorders um, can have a membrane component to them. We're not just talking leaky gut, you know, there's lots of other other issues. Talking um, leaky nose. Around it, yeah. <laughs> um, lungs like asthma, like recurrent breathing problems, recurrent chest infections. You know, people that have a cold and then it goes straight to their chest. You know, there's, you know, probably mucous membrane problem with the lungs as well. So they're all quite connected to each other. So they're not they're not separate entities. They're physically separate, but they're not separate in terms of the communication that occurs between one and the other. So, for example, you can really benefit asthma by just treating the gut. Wow. So it's all to do with the messaging and the the immune system that then carries messages from what's happening in the gut environment and taken to the lung membranes. And if there's something aggravating the gut, that then can have a secondary impact in somebody whose weak spot is the lungs and so, it causes inflammation there as well. So is that, you know, I suppose that you start to think of it a bit more like a, like a sports injury because you often hear, you know, certain people that have um, like recurrent urinary infections. They'll say like, I had a big, I never used to have them. I had a whopping UTI and then now... They just keep, it becomes like a frequent thing. You keep getting them and you treat yourself for them and they just tend to become more frequent. Yeah, well, the treatment in itself can be a bit of an, a bit of an assault on the barrier. So that's when it becomes recurrent. So in order to, if you're, gonna, if you're getting infections frequently, then it means that the barrier is losing its integrity to some degree. And so if you then treat that, you're actually wiping out the natural defences of that barrier. So it's probably worthwhile talking about what the structure of that barrier looks like so that we all know what we're talking about but you know with um with the mucous membrane you've got the cells underneath and then those cells actually make mucus which is really kind of viscous fluid mostly watery and that covers those cells completely so that then the contents of what's in the space or the lumen of that region doesn't then come into direct contact with the cells underneath theoretically but then the third component to it is the microbiome of it so all of the mucous membranes have got a microbiome associated with them and that the, the, the bacteria and the other microorganisms that live on that surface are there to protect it 
and um, they feed from it. They adhere to the area, but they they protect. They not only protect then the cells underneath, but they're then protecting your body against any incoming pathogens. So the idea, so say, like, let's talk about like a sinus infection. Somebody has a sinus infection. They maybe take antibiotics or they have like a steroid nasal spray. Yeah. Essentially, that can be, it's not that the infection gets more and more powerful every time. It's just that taking those things is slowly can break down the barrier. And that's why you become more susceptible to an infection. We, you know, it's interesting that, I, you know, seeing some of the trials as well, where they're taking nasal swabs from people that have recurrent sinusitis. And they're seeing that actually the bacterial makeup you know the the what the bacteria is and the diversity of it is different in people that have recurrent sinus infections and people that don't so i wonder if that's due to a the infection or the treatment because obviously the treatment then changes the microbiome and a lot of sinusitis is actually fungal rather than bacterial so when you're taking an antibiotic to kill bacteria you deplete the natural defenses of the area but you don't kill the fungus if so that can actually sometimes exacerbate the infection if people are listening today and, you know, you've got somebody who's listening that they go, oh, I'm somebody that gets UTIs all the time or I'm somebody that gets sinusitis. Is there like a specific when you start thinking about, you know, how, you know, dealing with those issues, are you dealing with them all in a different way? Or is there a general thing that you can do to improve like the barriers of the body overall, you know? Yeah, that's a really, really important point is that if you've if you've got a mucous membrane integrity issue, then you deal with that as a, as a general structural support of the body. But you might have some targeted treatment that goes alongside it. So, you know, maybe nasal rinses or something would be really helpful for sinusitis or, uh, you know, cranberry and probiotics for a urinary tract infection whilst you're dealing with the foundations of the mucous membrane. So, um, you know, so often in our clinical practice, we're... Um, we're always discussing, OK, this person needs mucous membrane support. How are we going to implement that? So overuse of antibiotics and dietary insults and environmental insults can have such a damaging impact on the barrier that it has impacts for autoimmune disease as well. Um, as well as allergies, food intolerances, reactions. There's so many different different. Um, patterns of how it manifests clinically but underlying it all is just the mucous membrane is losing its integrity and is that why when we talk about you know when people start uh, you know on a journey towards improving their gut health they might have to go on say a restrictive diet for a long period of time or whatever but this idea that maybe somebody right now can't tolerate certain foods because they have a reaction to it if they go through like an elimination diet and they do certain things to build those barriers back up and boost their microflora and all those sorts of things at a later date they might be able to eat those foods again and that's just because the body has had a chance to become more resilient and one of those things is your barriers have improved yeah so what so what's happening in you know food allergies and intolerances is is a really interesting way to illustrate what's going on with the barriers because if you if you consider you know the structure of the barrier being the cells with the mucus coating and then a whole living ecosystem of bugs on top of it our bodies are really accustomed to living with, if you want to call them foreigners, that this is how we survive. Like we, if we were sterile, we wouldn't live a day. So um, our immune system is constantly sampling that environment. So there's cells right underneath the, the lining, the mucosal lining, that are actually sampling like bacterial contents, food contents. So, you know, this in the digestive tract is what I'm explaining at the moment. 
but to a degree it happens in all the mucous membranes. So if you get like a weakness and you're not quite producing enough mucus, for example, then you get more contact of the immune cells and the contents of that cavity or that intestine um, or whatever that may be. And then the immune cells think, right, so they've got to be on high alert at that point. And then if you, the contents of the, of the immune um, sorry, the contents of like the intestinal tract, say, are what they always have been. But because you haven't got that mucus barrier that's really robust, the immune cells are seeing something that now looks quite, you know, more more imposing to the body and needs a greater inflammatory response. So they're never quite going to quieten down because they're constantly exposed to too much inflammation. So the immune cells are just then super paranoid so that then you get something, you, you know, you have cheese on a cracker and suddenly your immune cells are like, whoa, hang on, what is that food protein? And it just starts overreacting against things. So there's people that have like, we call it like a loss of oral tolerance, like a complete breakdown really of the barriers in that they have an ever increasing list of foods they can't eat, they can't tolerate. So you have it all the time. You know, I had consultation a couple of weeks ago, somebody that explained to me they can just eat chicken, rice wow. um, and like the odd other thing. And it was just like, how are you existing on this diet? It's so slim. So the way to bring tolerance back is to increase the mucous membrane, support the like the regeneration of the cells and the renewing. So it renews so frequently. It's a really, really fast turnover. But then get the diversity back of the micro microbial colonies that are inhabiting it. Um, and the only way to do that is by bringing huge diversity back into the body again. So it's almost like you've got to go like, anything that's like really, really strongly producing a direct response, you wouldn't be able to have that. But then the philosophy becomes about eating absolutely everything, just small amounts to try and bring that microbial diversity back again. So that then you can build up the tolerance again. It's a hard job. I suppose also, it's not something that you just deal with when it goes wrong, like anything. It's that, you know, there's things that you can be doing to make sure that your um, barriers stay healthy. When it comes to, I mean, we obviously talk about diet so much and I don't think, I don't think there's, there's like any condition or any time where you're probably going to say anything different than try to eat a diet, mostly plants with some meat, if it's there, organic with high diversity. I don't think there's any condition where you're like, no, it's more the burger diet for this <laughs> one. So I think we can rule that one out. But yeah. as far as like supporting, if you've got issues with your barrier, with your internal barriers, or you just want to you know, optimize them. When it comes to supplementation, what are some of the things that that you use, you think are well tolerated and really helpful? So before I answer that question, can I answer a different one? Because <laughs> I think one of the major issues with the mucous membrane is is the insults to it. So rather than sort of adding in supplements and things like that, it's so important to take things away. So, and this is about resting it for a while and giving it a chance. Yeah, completely. So just like, you know, we've talked a lot about things like the elimination diet, you're just taking off the load, then things can repair. 
So your mucous membrane is not going to repair if it's still got as many insults. And there's so many that you just wouldn't even consider as insults to your mucous membrane. And if you can take those away and take the load off, that's the number one thing to do. So yes, I'll tell you in a minute what supplements are useful. But I just really want to stress that point that before you then think, right, I've got to go and buy some vitamin A, Firstly, I need to actually start looking at what's causing it. It's like if you're, you know, if your car's broken and the reason it won't go is because it hasn't got petrol in it, you can push it along manually, but you're never going to get from A to B if yeah. you don't just put petrol in. You need to figure out what the cause is and deal with that. We've put together an amazing elimination diet on. It's completely free. Just go to gutology.co.uk and click on the six-week plan and it takes you, it's really clever, week by week it will take through you know, a bit of a guide on a, on, a, on a way to do that, what foods are helpful, what foods aren't helpful, how you can start reintroducing again. That guide this year has been, <laughs> since the beginning of January, has been um, very, very busy online. So go and enjoy that. It's a really good one to read through. Um, okay, then. So uh, elimination diet is really, really helpful with this. Yeah. Of course, people are going to go, is there supplementation that is helpful alongside it? Okay, but before we get to that, <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's just an order of things that feels more appropriate because we haven't. We need to talk about what what it is that is causing such a problem. So chemicals in the environment, things that you're putting on your skin, things that you're inhaling. Um, and all of that is is a huge, huge problem and actually really easy to fix. So I think particularly if somebody's if somebody's actually unwell, and then, you know, they're identifying with this and thinking, oh, I don't know, I've had UTIs, I've got asthma, I've got gut issues, I've, dear God, I've got no membranes left in my body. That's the sort of person that's probably feeling quite poorly and a bit overwhelmed with like, what can I do? So first thing I could do is like look at all of the cosmetics that they have and I just look at the ingredients, like lots of chemical ingredients and particularly fragrant stuff is so, so toxic to the mucous membrane. And I think you're inhaling things like VOCs from washing powders are really, um, they are, if you consider your, your lungs as the interface and your gut is the interface and your bladder is the interface with the environment around you. So if that's a really toxic environment, it's constantly a barrage of information that your immune system has to deal with every time. So if you get a, a bacteria or a virus that then adds to that mix, but your defenses are already down because they're completely overreacting to this toxic environment, they're gonna produce more of an inflammatory response against those those potential pathogens or infections. So that means that you then get sick more because your immune system is just not not allowed to respond appropriately because you're not letting it. So in terms of like t what you can take away, I would say things like, um, you know, just go like fragrance free washing powders. That's a really good thing that will make a difference to your lung membrane. Also to your skin, you know, if you haven't got those things, you know, when you I only notice it when I go to other people's houses. So we haven't done that for nearly a year now. <laughs> the good old days. It's really drawing on an old memory here. But, you know, people can, when they've had their, they've done their washing, all you can smell is their washing. Like it's not an unpleasant smell. It's a really lovely smell. But that is volatile organic compounds. It's going to actually have impacts on your mucous membrane. Um, and, you know, just looking in the in the shower and in the bathroom at just how many different bottles you had of things, can you simplify? So I, always my philosophy is there's so much information out there. Let's just try and take the simple things and it's like they're just much more doable. So the message is just reduce the amount of chemicals that you're using at home. And if any, like my number one bugbear in the world is those plug-in air fresheners. Mm. 
They're horrendous. I don't even know the chemical numbers and things that they've got in there, but they, they're horrendous. And, you know, you don't want your... your well, I don't want my living room to smell tropical fresh. I just <laughs> want it to not, not smell of, I don't know... But, it's, but it's, it's also a balance as well, isn't it? Because, it is, yeah. you know, for, for you know, there's going to be people at different ends of the spectrum here yeah. where I'll be honest, there's nothing better when you, you, your bed sheets have been done. Yeah. There's nothing better than a fresh pair of bed sheets, is there, that, that you know, feel a bit fresher and maybe smell pretty good. What What is your take on things like, you know, we use stuff around the house where companies position themselves as a relatively natural alternative. I know e-covers one of them. Mm. What's what's your sort of position on that? Yeah, so I think it's like you can't just not clean your house and you know it's it's just the awareness of everything that you're doing. And um there are much yeah, like e-cover method, those sorts of companies are better than the the sort of bigger main brands for for cleaning stuff. Um but I just think it's it's going back to the more simplistic ways of how you'd like take care of your home and things like that. It's so how what so what are you so what do you put in your washing? So I I use the unfragranced Ecova stuff. It's called Ecova okay. Zero, and that you know it's it always it comes in huge refill containers as well, which is really useful and better for the environment. But from a health perspective, I don't like the fragrances. And then what about like dishwasher and stuff like that? Because that's a big one. Because you're obviously like eating then yeah. off those plates and drinking out of those cups. That's a big one that I think not many people even think about. Yeah, yeah. So there's diff- there's e- EcoZone and Ecova. Um, they both do like really good stuff, and it it. You know, it, it does the job. I think that's the thing. It's you want things to do the job. You don't want to just take a microfiber cloth and elbow grease and hope for the best because actually you still do want a clean house. But, you know, I think I, mostly like looking at personal care products as well, all the stuff you're putting on your skin. And um, there's so many natural alternatives out there. It's just trying to find the things. I mean, what's really fashionable now, which is quite nice to see, is these like just you know organic blocks of soap that look really beautiful and they come with some light and rattan packaging um but that is you know designed to you know wash your skin wash your hair and it's getting rid of the it's probably coming from more of an environmental perspective than a health perspective but it's like reducing the amount of like plastic bottles that you're using but the principle is the same for health it's like reducing the amount of chemicals that you're using and then you won't be like upsetting your mucous membranes all of the time okay yeah i think that's i think that's it's a really practical thing that people can do that actually a lot of people just don't even think about mm. Okay, so are we going to talk about supplementation? Yeah, we can. Now. Okay, cool. we've done that bit, but I do yeah. think that's really important. Yeah, um, and I think again, probably to reinforce the message as well, is that there is no kind of if you are everyone's journey is so bespoke, mm. right? You know, not there's no one person that comes to a nutritional therapist that has exactly the same issues that somebody else has. And like you're saying, it's always a bespoke thing. So where you can find a bank qualified nutritional therapist, Mm. that is a good place to start and to do things under guidance, particularly when it comes to supplementation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, talking of the balance um, is like, and we'll talk about supplements in just one second, but um, the 
the balance of like if you if if you tweet like a McDonald's and just feel guilty about it, then you have a green smoothie and you kind of feel better. That sort of balance. We've talked about that loads for diet, but think of it for the lungs as well. Like if you're breathing, if you're staying indoors a lot and you've got a lot of fragrances in your home and loads of chemicals that you're breathing in, then A, try and reduce it, but secondly, try and balance it. So time outdoors, time breathing natural air, unpolluted air, this will then help restore the the mucous membrane at the same time. So it's trying to get balance in all of those different areas that knowing that you can't escape the modern world and you don't want to throw away everything that gives you any ounce of pleasure in terms of body care and cosmetics and things like that but balancing it with um you know real nourishment you've got to nourish your new mucous membranes by getting out in nature breathing that sort of air and it will just it will just help tell your immune system it's not all bad there's some you know good out there so supplements then so um there's you know i always would go like a food first approach uh, because that's the way to maintain the microbiome. We've talked a lot in previous episodes of how to maintain the diversity of the microbiome. And that is so, so important because it's the bacteria that are going to maintain that mucus lining. Um, so renewal of the cells itself, um, regularize, like in terms of vitamins, vitamin A and vitamin D are two of the most crucial. And they're both fat soluble vitamins. They work quite synergistically together and that can produce a really, really nice effect on just regenerating the, the mucous membrane and helping the immune system settle down as well, particularly when it's been really overreactive. Those vitamins, so they have kind of a, the beauty of vitamins is they work on many, like multiple mechanisms. So you get the side effects from vitamins are generally really positive, beneficial ones. But they they would be my top two. Zinc as well, because it's a really common deficiency, um, particularly in the Western world. That is really crucial for not only your mucous membrane, really good for sinuses as well and recurrent infections um, but it, it's one of the nutrients that supports your stomach acid production and of course we know about the stomach acid you know it is a, it's an antibacterial substance and if your stomach acid is not sufficient enough then you get incoming pathogens that then will then penetrate deeper into your gut which then can cause more of a problem so zinc zinc vitamin a vitamin d my absolute top three i would say but amino acids like glutamine can be really really useful as well for regenerating quite quickly the mucous membrane it's such a high turnover that it's one of those things that when you can if you can just relieve the pressure on it and support with some of those nutrients it doesn't take very long for it to start restoring itself but you've got to get those messages more consistent so you've got to be looking at the diet and what is what what is the if when your mucous membrane is broken, it's then the immune system is so much more exposed than it usually would be to the contents of that gut. It's crucially important what is then in that gut because mm. that's what your immune system is going to make all its decisions on. And the the issue with the immune system um, seeing the contents of the gut through a broken mucosal barrier is it sets up a chronic inflammatory state. And so, you know, if we just touch on on COVID and what the issue is with COVID is, you know, the virus itself is kind of long gone when the problems of complications occur because yeah, that's, that's been the, the strangest trigger. thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's, like it's, it's generally the really, really sort of terminal effects of COVID are people having secondary responses to it, aren't they? Yeah, and it's normally, it's just a, a very huge uncontrolled inflammatory response. So people with diabetes are more likely to have that because they're, they're already in a chronic inflammatory state. So this is why, you know, you know, particularly um, type 2 diabetics are um, at more of a risk 
than somebody who's got more, you know, better controlled blood sugar. And it's because of this chronic inflammatory state. If it's already set up at a certain degree, when you've got an, a new pathogen like um, the virus, like COVID, then the, the likelihood that you're going to get this aberrant inflammatory response to it is more, you, you are potentially more susceptible to that. So, you know, I think as well, like I've been getting loads and loads of inquiries and questions about the vaccine and, and not in any kind of position to tell people whether um, it's the right or the wrong thing to do because it's totally, you know, it has, to, it has to be something that's, you know, discussed medically with um you know with your doctor and your care team um obviously i get more, most inquiries because i'm seeing a lot of people with autoimmune disease but one of the considerations is that yeah like that's that's a great you know great thing in terms of ending the pandemic and taking like you know big cultural steps towards a different state of play which is you know quite exciting on some level but it's in it's not addressing the mucous membrane at all it's not addressing chronic inflammation it's not addressing blood sugar balance so all of these things vaccine or no vaccine we can be doing anyway mm. so it's really important to start understanding how our immune system works because then we can we can intervene now we're not the world is waiting and it's really frustrating. The world is waiting for this magic vaccine. But there's so much we can we do. Can if we get doing, our mucous yeah. membranes in good state. Then... And I suppose there's some anxiety as well for people that, you know, where we talk about, you know, people reacting to dairy. Well, there's mm. obviously going to be concerns around people reacting to a vaccine yeah. being put in their body. And somebody that's kind of, you know, has got a solid immune system and they're not going to overreact to anything. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a no brainer. It's nothing too burly, is it? Mm. But for some people that do feel vulnerable already, I suppose there would be concerns around it. Yeah. So preparation, if that's what you want to do, you know, preparation for a vaccine would would be doing all of this, you know, try and clean up as much as you possibly can so that you respond well and get a good antibody response from it. So just to recap really on today, like a great place to start is with an elimination diet, if that's something that is going on and looking at your diet in general to give your system a bit of a break is, mm. is a really good place that you can start. And um, uh we made a, 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 an elimination diet and a six-week plan. You can find that now online, gutology.co.uk. And then looking at your environment, what's going on in there, the things you're taking, what are you washing your dishes with, what are you washing your clothes with? It's not really something that we think about too much, but I do think it's something so simple that could make such a big difference as well. And then, of course, there's the, those interesting things around the vitamins as well. Um, Again, all of these things, if you want to speak to somebody directly, you can find a, a bank qualified um, a practitioner and you can also chat to somebody online. And we will be back next week with another podcast. That was good. That was concise. That's it for today. If you would like to get hold of the Gutology Sleep Complex or our Digest Enzyme, don't forget, uh, go to gutology.co.uk and at checkout, enter the code PODCAST and that will give you 20% off any Gutology product and let us know what you think about it. And also, if you love the podcast and you want to help out, there's two things you can do. One, you can tell a friend and two, you can leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. You'll be amazed at what a huge difference it makes for helping other people find the show. All right. Thanks very much. We'll see you next week. Bye bye.